On the subject of navigation, there are some particularly ancient maps in existence, the most famous being the Piri Rais map of 1513, presently housed in the library of the Top Kapi Palace Museum in Istanbul. Piri Rais was an admiral in the Turkish fleet who claimed that he benefited from about 20 maps and world maps dating back to the 4th century BCE. He stated that no one up to this day and age had made a similar kind of map. The map referred to shows not only the western coast of Europe and Africa, but also, surprisingly, the eastern coast of Central and South America and the northern coast of Antarctica. Unfortunately, I was unable to view the original, but the map clearly shows the Falkland Islands at their correct latitude, even though these islands were not officially discovered until 1592. The most fascinating aspect of the map, however, centres on its depiction of Antarctica. It was an explorer named Fabian Bellingshausen who was the first person to sight the Antarctic continent on the 27th of January 1820. So the map of 1513 shows Antarctica some 300 years before this continent was officially discovered. Even more interesting is that the lower part of the map portrays the Princess Martha coast of Queen Maudland, Antarctica, although the accuracy of the geographical detail can only be confirmed in our age by seismic survey technology. This shows that the coast was mapped in some way prior to the ice cap, which is up to two miles deep in places today. Geographical evidence confirms that the last date that Queen Maudland was ice-free was in 4000 BCE and quite possibly earlier. Therefore, the question must be asked, which cartographer existed some 6,000 years ago to provide a map of such amazing accuracy? Seismic survey technology is a powerful tool which detects what is below the Earth's surface. It was first used in the 1920s and employs sound waves that reflect from underground rock layers, providing a vision into the Earth. The recorded data then creates two-dimensional maps. The Piri Reis map is not a hoax, and indeed, further maps exist to support this anomaly, such as the Orontius Phineas map of 1531, which shows the entirety of Antarctica and depicts bays without ice and mountains which now lie under the ice cap. There is also the 1737 map of Antarctica by Philip Borsch, which shows the continent as two islands. Geologists maintain that it has been millions of years since the entire continent was free of ice. Again, it is only with the advent of seismology that, whilst we once thought of Antarctica as one continent, we now know that it is made up of two landmasses under a rather thick covering of ice. This impacts on Darwin's theory of evolution in that, if thousands of years ago we were supposedly an unevolved species, how then could the knowledge and ability to map at these times, and with such accuracy, have existed? A full account of these and other such maps can be best found in Charles Hapgood's book Maps of the Ancient Sea Kings, published in 1966, Charles Hapgood is also known for his work on earth crust displacement, which was endorsed by Einstein. This was a radical theory in its day, and in an initial response to Hapgood's Earth's shifting crust, Einstein wrote, I find your arguments very impressive and have the impression that your hypothesis is correct. One can hardly doubt that significant shifts in the Earth's crust 
have taken place repeatedly and within a short time. Until the geological revolution in the 1960s, that of continental drift and place tectonics, Hapgood's theory had not been taken seriously by the scientific fraternity. However, these two theories mentioned previously are not entirely at variance with each other. Einstein and Hapgood continued with their correspondence and met in 1955. Einstein wrote in the foreword to Hapgood's Earth's Shifting Crust, a key to some basic problems of Earth science, stating, I frequently receive communications from people who wish to consult me concerning their unpublished ideas. It goes without saying that these ideas are seldom possessed of scientific validity. The first communication, however, that I received from Mr. Hapgood electrified me. His idea is original, of great simplicity, and, if it continues to prove itself, of great importance to everything that is related to the history of the Earth's surface. I think that this is rather astonishing, even fascinating, an idea that deserves the serious attention of anyone who concerns himself with the theory of the Earth's development. Unfortunately, Hapgood lost a formidable champion for his work with the death of Einstein in 1955.